This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Reset, everybody. I'm your host, David McCabe. This is going to be an interesting show, especially if you're storage-minded. If you're one of those guys who have followed me, guys and gals, who have followed me from my home server storage days, I think you're going to find this one quite interesting. I've lost something, and I need to find it. And you're going to laugh at me, but we're going to have fun doing this. So again, episode number 22. Thanks for hanging around there with me. You can also find some videos on youtube.com slash David McCabe. The Twitter is what? Twitter.com slash McCabe IO. Get that out of the way. All right. So summertime is around the corner and I have been way busy working in my forums and WordPress sites and all that stuff. I'm trying to get things situated. I'm trying to be honest with you. I'm trying to reduce my footprint online. Mostly because of security, outgoing fundage. Uh, it costs a lot of money to do it. And I'm just I'm trying to get out of WordPress. I like WordPress. I've been with them for years and decades, honestly. But I find that my logs are full of security attacks, and it's crazy. I'm trying to get out of WordPress, get into one site that has everything in it, and move on down the road, right? So that's kind of what I'm up to. That, and I'm trying to get it over onto an SSD host, and I'm trying to get it on SSL. It's all a nightmare to search engine optimization. It is a mess. So, that, But that's what I'm doing. That's my summertime. But I'm also going to be taking a look at some cool summertime tech. And I'm also I'm looking at a, uh, a sprinkler system. So I've got a 16-zone Rachio sitting here. Right? Ratio. 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 I think that's how you say it. But I used to have this spruce irrigation that worked with smart things. It was um, it, it was difficult. Let me just say it was difficult. I got it to work. But it was, yeah, it was difficult to work with. I'll be honest with you. And I think this one is a little more simplistic. You can find them at Best Buy, Amazon, all that kind of good stuff. Woot.com sells them all the time. We talk about them in the forums all the time. And I know a lot of you guys have them. So I've got Gen 2. It's a 16 zone. Can't wait to get it thrown under the wall. I've got some video already done of it. So I just need to get it in place. Get it rolling. So I will do that this summer. We are also building a pool here at Reset Headquarters. So I'm not building it. You know, we're having someone do that. It's kind of out of my league. But we're also putting in a pool house. So if you're just dropping in a simple pool, the tech can be somewhat simple, right? But putting in a pool house is different. So I think that I would like to cover this this summer about the tech that I'm going to put in over there. I've done a little bit of thinking on this and, you know, there's going to need to be Wi-Fi, a TV, 
you know, some smart cameras. I need, I want cameras everywhere, right? So I do think that this will be an interesting conversation, and I would like to have it with you. So I'll start something in the forums, and we can discuss this once I get going. I'm also considering doing a time lapse. I would like to have a time lapse of the actual construction phase, right? Everything going in, digging the hole, dropping the pool, doing all that fun stuff. So I'm looking at some tech to do that as well. So just just hang on for that. Just uh, just check back here at Reset. Always check on YouTube. And I've got a couple of new videos out there. I've got this glyph. It's, I don't even know how to explain it. It's a headset for your face, right? It's like a personal theater system you strap to your face. It's not VR, but you are looking into it. And it's like putting a 55-inch to 60-inch TV right in front of your face. It's really kind of cool. I've been uh, watching movies on it and honestly flying the drone with this thing. It's really kind of neat. I've done some uh, vacation flying and I published a video on that. And I've got this little thing called a Drone Keeper Mini. If you into the drone thing, which I'm kind of cycling through that right now, that's my interest of the moment. And uh, so you'll see that in my YouTube channel. But also got some real cool stuff uh, coming up for you. So some good tech stuff. So we're going to be talking about data loss. And please hang around to the end. I've got some couple of topics under the what I'm reading um, that I've been doing. You know, I'm on and off on that topic, aren't I? But if you've been listening, I give you a couple of cool links about what I'm reading. And this time is going to be, I'm going to kind of go back into my memory banks of my old military days. I've got some things for you uh, tech-wise uh, about my old military stuff. So it's it's going to be cool. I'll share that with you. But right now, I want to talk to you about some missing photos. Yes, I'm missing some photos. And I'm lamenting right now. I'm rubbing my temples. I'm rubbing my face because this is kind of painful uh, to go over. Because I'm supposed to be that home server guy, right? I'm supposed to have backups. So here's how, here's how it went down. This may take me a while to get through. Not, not a long podcast per se, but I mean the details. I'm flipping pages here because I, I took notes. But it's, it's hard. It's going to be hard for me to portray this to you. But I want you to think, especially if you're a home server guy, I want you to think back on your backups and everything. And we're going to learn some lessons here. If you're not a home server person, or if you're, we're talking NASA here, here too as well. But if you're not doing backups, if you're just a casual reset listener, this is going to teach us a lesson. So my wife was doing... Um, books every year of my children's life right so year one year two and she does this little book and she does it on snapfish.com uploads photos and you know they print you a hardbound book and it's very nice and the kids love looking through these things it's a great keepsake item I, I highly recommend it but it takes a lot of work right and she was going through try, trying to do one of the boys uh, second year. Yes, we're behind. I know the child is 10 years old, but it takes a lot of time to do these. So she had some spare time. She was trying to fill in and do from one year old to the second birthday, right? That time period. And she says, I can't find photos of their second birthday party, of my son's second birthday party. 
I'm like, what? It's got to be out there. But granted, it's old, right? This is, these are files from 2009, right? So these photos have not only been transferred from system to system to system, but they're old. They've moved twice, these files, physically, from Wisconsin to Indiana, Indiana to Indiana, uh, you know, the second house here. They've moved twice, and countless number of systems have they gone through and been copied to. Think about when you've changed systems. Did you copy? Did you make a copy over here and move things? It, Yeah, it can get complicated, right? Things could probably be lost. Oh, I hate to say that. So, I start digging around. I start, I mean, I'm looking through the server, right? Which now is a, a Synology DS1813 plus NAS, right? That's where my, the bulk of my storage is. I, that's the first place you look. You start going through that. And then you start doing keyword searches, right? Birthdays and, and, and things. And so, so you start looking through time frames as well. And I can't find this birthday party. I cannot find this photo, these photos. I know they exist. I know where we had the party. I know what the photos should look like, but I cannot find them. So naturally, you start going through your backups, right? I go to the other Synology NAS that should have a backup, right? It's not there either. So of course, you know, some time is passing here, right? This doesn't happen overnight. So... If you haven't received this comment before, you know how degrading it can be. It's like, where's the photos, Mr. Backup? (laughs) I'm starting to get the ridicule. I thought we had backups of our backups, quote unquote. So that's painful. That is painful, guys. I, I can't even tell you how painful that is. A, because yes, I can't find these files. And B, because I should have a backup of the backups. Now, the biggest place that I spent a bulk of my time was, you know, sometimes things get drag and dropped. Have you ever done that? You're in an Explorer window or something, and you click or do something, and you see, like, a folder move, and the copy dialog box pop up, and then it goes away, and you're like, what just happened? I just copied something somewhere, or I just moved something somewhere. That's what I thought had happened. And I went through every folder that I have. And we're talking, uh, the digital life goes around, I think it's the 2005 era through present. And I had to dig through all these folders. And I can't find it. I cannot find this birthday. So this is where you start backtracking. Okay, what machine was I using at the time, right? Where was I at in hardware? And my hardware journey goes from an EX, well, it goes from, wow, I've got got this written down somewhere, but let let me just do it off the top of my head. Way back before the child was born, probably a USB drive, right? And then I, I moved to a server, I can't remember what OS I was using, but it was a definite separate box. That's when Windows Home Server came out. I did a beta of that product onto a physical box 
it was it wasn't a Windows Home server per se, uh, hardware wise, like a, a Media Smart server. It was a different box. And then I did. I moved over to the EX four seventy, and then I did a four seventy five. I don't know why, but I did. And then to the EX four ninety. And then I got off of that hardware and moved to a home build that's actually documented out on homeservershow.com's blog. And from there, it went, that was Windows Home Server 2011. And I think that was a RAID 5 build. And then it went to, I believe, 2012 R2 essentials and there were two iterations of that hardware then finally it moved to the 1813 so you can see how there is a lot there's a lot of room for error here right so okay having said that i started going through some of the old backups of the backups that i knew i had laying around first of all was my io safe if you haven't seen my IOSafe videos, they're out there on my YouTube channel. It's this big, humongous, waterproof, fireproof hard drive that I worked with IOSafe for, for. with I worked with them for years. You know, we had a great working relationship of, uh, you know, burning boxes and stuff. And I thought, you know what? It might be on there. It's a 500 gig hard drive. So I don't think that I had everything on there, but I had a lot of stuff on there. Plug it in, turn it on. It mounts, but that's it. But I couldn't recover anything in there. So I think the hard drive is actually dead. Now, I could send this to IOSafe, but I don't even know if it's on there. So I'm not even going to mess with that. Um, they used to have you know warranties on their product, and I'm sure it's way out of warranty. This thing is old. It's, one, it's their first, first generation of IOSafe uh, hard drives, external drives. Wasn't worried about that. So I keep digging. I had a lot of external drives throughout the years, some USB 3 drives, and I dug around for them. You know, a lot of this stuff still exists. I have stacks of hard drives everywhere. And I dug out all of these USB drives that I had at one time on the server. One was full of recorded TV. I don't know why. I think that I did I used it to you know, transfer recorded TV, you know, which is very large files from one server to the next. Uh, the second USB drive was empty and it was used for, uh, I, can, I can remember that it was used for prepping uh, a Synology move. So starting to get concerned. I, I am. I'm like, oh my God, it's, it, are these photos gone? So I start working backwards. I start, of course, I dug out into my online backups, which right now I'm at Amazon. I'm using OneDrive a little bit. This is a completely separate issue. I'm going to have to look at something different for my online backup work. Prior to moving to NAS, I used CrashPlan. I thought, what is the chance that that is still out there? Because I turned it off, right? completely turned off crash plan i stopped paying for it now something things can happen this was six months ago maybe just maybe it's still out there i logged in it's gone zero bytes zero bytes well good for them that they reclaim that storage and they should 
I don't, I don't blame them whatsoever. But I started thinking, that's not a bad repository to keep for a while. I should have paid for it, maybe for another year. The thing is, is I thought I had my data. I thought I had it all. I thought through every move, I've had this data and it's, it's not missing. You don't, when you have so much data, it's hard to know that you're missing a couple of folders here and there. So, you know, throughout the years and the moves, I thought it was okay. So I started thinking back, what was, what was the last server, which was server 2012 R2 with the essentials build on it. And I used stable bit. Okay. Then going back a little bit. Like I said, Windows Home Server 2011 with RAID 5. I found some notes here. I'm looking at them. And then the EX495 and the EX470, which I still have the 470 and the 475, by the way. So I'm thinking, why don't I make a big step? Sometimes when you're troubleshooting a problem, you, you know, you, you have the problem, right? You just think of a big, long piece of wire. You just cut it in half and start working towards something. But I went way back. I was like, you know what? I've got those pool drives for that EX470. I do. I do. It's crazy. I still have the pool drives inside the EX470. So I dug it out. I plugged it in. And it's doing its thing. And I'm thinking it's booting. And like, okay. The drive is light. The little house drive on the EX470. I mean, the drive is light. The drive is red. So I'm thinking, what's going on here? Something's wrong. I turn it off, start digging around in the drives. Well, the pool drives are in there, but there's no OS drive. I don't know why. I, I mean, I literally do not know why, but it it wasn't in there. So, okay. I wasn't going to try to reboot that. I'm just going to go to the next thing. And still, the problem remains is I don't know when this data disappeared. So obviously that is an important factor. So I, I started reanalyzing things. because I was, I was jumping everywhere, right? I'm frantic and I'm trying to get it done quickly. So I'm, if it's, you know, on an external or something and I can just find it and bam, or it's a, a moved file, I save some face, I get it done quickly. I don't have to tear into servers and do all this stuff. So that failed. So I reanalyzed. It's not in my Amazon backups. It's not on my spare NAS. So to me, the data loss is prior to the move to my NAS. It means I lost it when I was on a server because my server backups were crash plan. My NAS backups are to Amazon into a second NAS. Okay, so I'm starting to analyze. I'm starting to get smart and think, and I start looking around. There's a stack of hard drives in one of my closets that was on my 2012 R2 server. There's also a stack of OS drives. I used an IC dock system that you put in two hard drives, two two and a half inch hard drives, and it will auto raid them, just mirror them. I have that as well with the OSs on it. I, I never touched it. I just pulled it out. I also just so happen to have every piece of server gear that those drives went to. I never really did anything with it. Yeah, I threw in a hard drive here and there, Windows 7, 
Windows 10, Windows 8, and uh, you know, ran tests, did Wi-Fi speed tests and whatnot, but I never tore apart the server. So technically, I still have all of the server hardware and all of the hard drives. So the first thing I did was I took that IC dock, dual 2.5 RAID device, and I'll try to find a link and put that in the show notes. It's actually pretty handy. It takes two drives and auto mirrors them so you don't have to do anything. And I threw that in there and I booted it up. Well, it actually, the drives that were in there booted to Windows Home Server 2011 way back. This this goes before 2012 R2. I hope you're keeping this straight. It's hard for me to keep this straight. So that's technically not what I wanted. So I got to thinking, and yes, I think this is technically what I was doing. I used dual SSD for my 2012 R2 server, and I popped open the IC dock. Inside of that were two spinners. There were two Western Digital black hard drives, I, 320s maybe, I, I don't remember, but it had the OS on it. So I'm just going to keep that, set that aside. And I'm looking at, I I had to go through my stack of hard drives. Let's just say that I've got a lot of hard drives and I have an external dock and I started mounting each one of them in my external dock and running through to see what they were. Well, I immediately recognized one or two of them had a folder on them called server folders. And I was like, wait a minute, these are stable bit drive pool folders. Now, if you don't know what that is, stablebit.com has a product called stable bit drive pool. And you can take all kinds of disparate hard drives and make them one big pool, right? So it, uh, it's, it's, it's a safety mechanism. It goes back to Windows Home Server version one. I don't, really know how to uh, explain it to you, but it creates a virtual drive that is its own drive letter in your server, or actually Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 10, and you put everything there, and it pulls everything together. So if you have multiple hard drives, it adds it all up, and you get one big hard drive, which is, uh, there's also a product called DriveBender that does that, and of course, Windows Home Server version 1 was very popular for doing this as well. So I recognized that, wait, I've got a couple of hard drives. So I started digging out. Wait, I've got two more. And that was it. I was like, I have four drives. These are four, no, these are three terabyte reds, Western Digital Reds, which are NAS drives, storage drives. I have four of them. I was like, that was the, that was the moment right there. I have these drives. I can put these drives in anything, honestly, that is running StableBit. And I knew that from messing around with it. You can, if your motherboard dies on your StableBit server, you can just take those drives to any other operating Windows operating system and fire up StableBit and you can get your data back. So that's what I planned on doing. I got Windows, I don't know, 7, 10, something, and I fired it up. I got a copy of StableBit and my data was there, everything. So everything going back to prior moving to the NAS was right there on the drive pool drive. Everything I had had prior to moving to that NAS 
was right there and my missing folders were right there. So obviously I need to give a big huge shout out to Stablebit uh, DrivePool for saving my bacon. This was uh, it was a fantastic moment to see your files in front of you and not have something lost. It was simple. I loaded the drives in the OS. It was, it was just a, a desktop OS, guys, and I loaded the Stablebit program. It did all the magic. It didn't take days like a RAID 5 rebuild would. It it didn't have to think. It just said, hey, here are my drives. Here is a drive pool. Bam. Here's your data. It was, it was that simple. I was able to scan through it, through the picture folders. I knew kind of exactly what I was looking for. And I was done. Boom. So now, but I'm not done. Because there's a painful process of trying to understand what happened. Because if you don't understand what happened and where you failed, then I can't, I can't learn a lesson from it, right? Because the data just mysteriously disappeared from one move to another. And it was my job to try to figure out where this happened and how it happened. I think I know, well, I know how it disappeared. And I, I do not know actually when, honestly. I, I, I don't. I didn't dig that far. I know how it happened. And I'm going to try to break this down with you. Bear with me. This could get confusing. But do you remember way back in the day, not way back in the day, this was actually a product that shut down in 2016 was called copy.com so copy.com had a an online backup for one pc and their software would create a folder on your pc called copy i think it was called copy or something like that mine was called copy so everything you put in that folder would back up I think you pointed it at a folder, right? So you pointed it at a folder. Everything you put in there would back up. Well, I started messing around with this uh, copy, mostly due to in part that when I advertised about copy, advertised, I talked about it on uh, my old podcast, I put out a referral link that said, hey, if you sign up, you get some free storage and I get some free storage back, right? Well, it ended up that I got you know, upwards of like 300 gig because all you guys signed up for copy.com, right? It was it was a pretty rec- reputable company from uh, Barracuda Networks and uh, I liked it. So you guys liked it. You signed up too. I don't know if you used it or not. Maybe you should take a look at this if you did exactly what I did. So I took it one step further. I thought, you know what? This is going to be one of my backup targets. I'm going to back up my data. 300 gigs, a lot of data. So I can do this, right? I didn't have any limits at the time for transferring data across my internet service provider. So I'm going to do it. The only problem was your data had to be in one single folder for copy to back it up. So I started digging around and figured out that I could do some symbolic links. Sim links, symbolic links, whatever you want to call it. You put a pointer in the copy folder, point it to your pictures folder, and that'll back it up. 
it thinks it's in there, right? It's a link, symbolic link. It worked fine. It worked great. Everything backed up. Everything was fine. Until I tried to move a server. I think this happened somewhere between Windows Home Server 2011 and Server 2012 R2. Somewhere in there. Honestly, it could have happened between Server 2012 R2 and the NAS. I don't really know. I just do know, and I have some backup data to confirm this, that somehow when I abandoned the copy.com backup target, the whole thing, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to use this anymore. I'm going to kind of abandon it because they announced they're turning down the service, right? They're going to turn it off. So I was like, okay, no big deal. Um, nothing lost. It's just a target out there in the cloud. All my data is going to go away. It was just pictures. I, I say just pictures. You say just pictures until you lose them, right? So what I believe I did is by uninstalling the software and removing the folder, somehow or another, the symbolic linking, I made a mistake and removed some folders. Not just the sim links, not just the copy folder, but some of the linked folders as well. They were removed. I think this is what happened. I cannot, I'm, I don't know 100% sure. What I need to do, honestly, is fire back up my stable bit and kind of get forensic on it. But something else I did that kind of added to this, maybe this is what happened moment, is I booted up the OS drives in that little ICDoc RAID container. And those two mirror drives booted, and they booted up to Windows Home Server 2011. And inside of there were the symbolic links and all of the, I say forensics, but everything pointed to deleting of a copy, doc, a copy folder. Something happened in there. So that maybe leads me to believe that this may have happened a long time ago honestly. So I don't know for sure. I know it has to do something with the copy.com migration and my symbolic links, my trying to fool it to get this free backup and somehow in a server move. So now we move on to, I have my data. I think I know how it happened. What are the lessons I can take from this? There are a lot of lessons that I can take from this. One, I moved to a NAS, but I had a crash plan. Uh, I had a crash plan service out there. I could have kept that crash plan alive by paying for it and just keeping, you know, a snapshot of what was it? Some somewhere mid 2016. All that data from mid-2016, all the way back to 2005, was on crash plan. I could have paid a nominal fee per month annually as well to keep that data out there. Just saying, that's pretty hindsight right there, right? But I'm thinking, hey, I'm fine. I copied everything from the server to the NAS. Everything copied fine. 
I did some spot verifies here and there, and now I've started transferring that up to Amazon, right? So I'm paying for Amazon storage. Everything's fine. I don't need the crash plan. Well, maybe I should have kept the crash plan. I don't know. One thing I don't want to do is I don't want to do all that crazy stuff to get crash plan to run on a Synology NAS. I'm not going to do that, guys. I'm just not going to do that. And I wasn't going to keep the server up and running. One thing is I wanted to get that thing turned off. It was, you know, it's pulling tons of watts. I wanted to get it turned off to maintain less and uh, focus on one device and getting it copied. The other rule that would have saved me, and this is something that I've preached before many, many times, and I need to practice what I preach, and this is the grandma drive. I call it the grandma drive because you're supposed to take an old hard drive, take all, take an, take a year of photos, right? Or a, a, I say a year of photos, but I mean all of last year's data, right? Take 2016, put it on a hard drive, give it to grandma. Put it in a fire safe at grandma's house. It's physically away from your house and at somewhere different in case, you know, something should happen at your house. Flood, fire, broken pipes, you know, whatever. Grandma's got it on a hard drive. It's the grandma drive. I didn't have a grandma drive. I didn't do that. Well, lesson learned. I've started a grandma drive. So it's honestly still sitting over there in the server. I'll never learn, but I did get it copied. It's sitting over there copied and I've turned it off. But I need to get the grandma drive. I need to bundle it up in some, you know, just like hard drive shipped to you in some foam packaging in a static bag. Maybe put it in a small fire safe and give it to grandma. My other, here, here's a big one. Here's a big one. I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't mean to be cheap. I didn't mean to be frugal with my data. I was merely using copy.com as a, a different target, right? I had, at the, at the time I had crash plan, probably one drive for photos, uh, talking newer photos. Not, I didn't go back to older, older folders like uh, these, this lost data would have been. But f- photos going forward were in crash plan. And I had, at the time, I had an external drive, right? And I had, I think that was it. So copy, crash plan, one drive. I did some Amazon here and there, but, you know, I turned that off. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is don't be cheap. Don't be cheap. Crash plan is fairly inexpensive. If you have a Windows 7, 8, 10, or Server 2012, or Server 2016 instance running, I probably would have crash plan backing something up. I know it can be a pain at sometimes because it is uh, resource... Mm, it's one of the pain points. It does require a lot of resources from your box, especially if you have a lot of files. But I think it's worth it. I'm going to say that that's one of my biggest things is don't be cheap. Pay for backup storage somewhere. Get the storage off-site. So 
what I have today, my DS1813, is my drive, right? That's, that's our family drive, photos, movies, documents. A separate NAS in a separate location gets written to every night with any updates. And, of course, we're transferring up to Amazon. We've got one, one offline spot, so I need to find maybe another offline spot and not be cheap. Maybe this is going to be uh, a OneDrive situation. And I need to get the grandma drives done. Get the grandma drives done. Get that data in a different physical location, in a physical medium, which I can access anytime I want. Meaning, drive to grandma's. Go get, go get the data. So, was it was was that painful to listen to? I'm flipping through my notes. I tried to write notes as I was going along. It was, it was a frantic situation. At times, it was stressful, and at times, it was hard to explain. I don't know the exact moment, the exact day. I'm sure I could dig through all these files and and figure this out. But I still have this data. I actually I still have my stable bit drive pool loaded up. I may keep that thing. I don't know. That may be one of my physical targets in the house. I I don't know. I do know that we need to diversify this data if we're going to keep it forever and ever. Here's my fear. I'm going to do all this work and someday I'm not going to be on this planet. And my children are going to lose all of these folders and files. I don't know what's going to be in the next 10 years. But I need to be able to uh, to give these photos to my children. Their birth photos and their movies and all that good fun stuff. We need to be able to pass that down. So I hope this was a an okay topic for you. It was, it was a little crazy to understand. And I'll be glad to share and talk about it in the forums. I'll get something started there so you guys can make fun of me, do ever what do what you want. But I wanna I wanna end this podcast on uh, what I'm reading. And what I'm reading this week is I'm kind of going back and being nostalgic about my personal military days. So a couple of things have happened. Um, to prove that I'm getting old is the airplane that I worked on has been, uh, it's not being used anymore. (laughs) And the ship that I was on is actually in tow right now from Bremerton, Washington to Texas to be scrapped. Now, isn't that sad that these old girls get scrapped for metal, but that's, that's the way it goes. They can't all be museums. So I'm going to give you a couple links in the the show notes of this episode. USS Independence CV-62 was one of the last diesel aircraft carriers and she is in tow right now. I'll give you this link will have some pictures. This ship, guys, this ship was commissioned in 1959. I mean, she saw a lot of action. She saw Vietnam. Oh, she saw the Cuban Missile Crisis, for God's sakes. That's how long ago this ship was in action. And, of course, uh, Operation Desert Shield and all that fun stuff back in 1991, which I was a part of. 
And it's, I guess it's a little sad to see the ship that you were on being just drugged through the water. I mean, it's literally being yanked and towed. And every picture I can see of this of this ship on this page that I'm going to send you, I have stood at every sponson on that you can see visibly and, you know, gazed out over the ocean. And uh, yeah, I did my time. It was, uh, it was a good, fun time. So the other thing is, I worked on the aircraft, the F-14. And the F-14 is no longer being flown. It's uh, replaced by the F-A-18, which is a great plane in itself. But there's something about the F-14. I don't know if it's Tom Cruise and Top Gun, but it's something, there's something about that swept-wing fighter that is just awe-inspiring, especially if you've seen it fly up close, if you've seen it fly in front of you, there is something just fantastic about it. I, there were times when we were on the ship and either we were hosting dignitaries or just plain stretching your legs or goofing off. I don't know what you were going to call it, but I remember times out in the middle of the ocean when uh, F-14s would do, uh, you know, some showing off and some flybys for us. And they would come by so fast as to break the speed of sound right in front of the carrier. You would be on the flight deck. This F-14 would be a speck off in the distance and you would see it just growing larger towards you. And he would bank right in front of that carrier and you would see the vapor trail come from the tip of the wings and flow over the wings. If you haven't seen that, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. It's just a phenomenal sight when that that vapor builds and it goes and he breaks the sound barrier. They time it right in front of you and it literally feels like someone has taken a two by four and just whopped you over the chest with it. It is, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal thing. Somewhere on a VCR tape, a VHS tape, I have a video of this somewhere. I need to dig this out. Uh, I need to I need to show this to you guys. I need to show it to my children for heaven's sakes. I have it somewhere. Fantastic stuff. A couple of links. Uh, the F fourteen last flight. Uh, it's a great it's a great plane. Reminds me of uh, some of my training back at Miramar, and of course all my days on the USS Independence. Farewell to that ship and to that airplane and to episode twenty two of Reset. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back here next time. This has been Reset, a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for more great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at mccabe.io, youtube.com slash David McCabe for the videos, and on Twitter at mccabe.io. Intro and outro music by Daryl Lee. Find Daryl Lee at soundcloud.com, Daryl Lee Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E music. Support of this podcast can be done at patreon.com slash David McCabe. And if you wouldn't mind, throw a couple stars out there on iTunes if you get a chance to. Thank you for supporting and I'll see you next week on Reset. Reset.